You're listening to Radio Looks Lucid. I'm your host, Steve Matthews. Thanks for joining me for episode 53. The title of today's episode is Inflation, It's Back. Well, um, before we get into our, our main topic today, I just wanted to say welcome to everybody. Thanks for joining me here for uh, those of you on the live stream and also for those of you listening to the podcast. Great to have you here. Well, you know, it's uh, officially spring uh, here in Cincinnati. And now, I mean, I know that, that officially from a calendar standpoint, it was spring uh, a, a few weeks ago, right? I mean, they had what, March 21st, I guess that's the uh, what they call the vernal equinox, uh, where they're, uh, night and day are the, uh, are the same length. Well, that may be what the official, you know, the weather people or what have you would, would call a, uh, a, uh, uh, the official start of spring. But for me, actually, the official start of spring uh, is the neighbor's frogs. So so what am I talking about? Well, I, I don't know. It's probably been, I don't know, at least 10 years, I would say, where there are these these frogs in in my neighbor's yard. And of course, I guess they go they go and they hibernate, I suppose, in the winter. And then every spring they they come out and they come out at night and they start their whirling and croaking sound and all of this. And and it sounds like I'm living in the Okefenokee swamp. Um, I think there's actually only a couple of these frogs um, o- over there, but they come out every year and they make racket all spring and all summer long. And then they finally go dormant sometime in the fall and then they come back out the next year. Well, just this week, they uh, lo and behold, yeah, I, I was uh, was out uh, out in the backyard and, and sure enough, I started hearing these frogs going and, uh, you know, these things will go. And, uh, and they make noise uh, pretty much uh, a good chunk of the, the way through the night. Now, eventually, I guess they go to sleep but, uh, or, or quiet down at any rate. But, uh, but they're back. And so I, I, I know it's, it's officially spring here in Cincinnati because of our, our neighbor's frogs. Well, I wanted to talk to you uh, a bit today here about, uh, about inflation. And I'm going to get to that message in just a minute. But I was watching something earlier, and I, I, I just – I had – had to comment on. In fact, it was while I was was kind of preparing a little bit for for tonight's show. I, I happened to uh, catch a, a uh, an episode of uh, of Tim Pool. I, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Tim Pool. He does a he's he's a YouTuber. He's got a, actually a very big channel. He does uh, uh, usually multiple videos a day. He, he's a I guess you call him a news commentator. Uh, and, uh, and he's, uh, he's very, t- he's a young guy. I think he's in his, in his thirties and, uh, he's built, uh, already quite a, uh, quite a following and just seems to be growing and growing very quickly. But this one particular video that he had, he was, it was titled get woke, go broke. And, and it was about this, um, this a new uh, di- well, d- uh, show on the Disney streaming channel. It's a it's a superhero show. You you may know. I mean, if you you follow any of the the Disney stuff or you follow the like the Marvel superhero, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they call it. Walt Disney Company bought Marvel Comics a number of years ago. Now, if you if you're not a comic books fan, maybe that doesn't really mean much to you. But but Marvel comic books, they they developed a lot of the the really famous characters in comic book history. You know, they got Spider-Man and and uh what Iron Man and um you know, the Avengers, thing things of this sort. And 
you know, they, they have had a, of course, a, a huge run, I guess, I guess probably going back maybe almost 20 years when they made the, the very first uh, Spider-Man movies. Now, I mean, I say if you're not a comic book fan, maybe, maybe that doesn't interest you a whole lot, but, but I think maybe that this, this might interest you, even, to, even if you're not a comic book fan. And the, the reason that I say that is because comic books, and, and if, if you don't follow this stuff, this may be surprising to you, but comic books have gotten very woke here in recent years. Now, when I was a kid, I have to confess, I was a little bit of a comic book nerd, and and I, I love Spider Man. I, I really did. I mean, I I, I truly uh, I enjoyed reading those, and and I I really enjoyed even the movies that they came out. I'm talking here about the original Spider Man movies. These were done about 20 years ago, uh, starring Tobey Maguire in, in the title role of Spider Man, and and I thought those movies really captured the comic book really wonderfully well. And, and they were, you know, like the comic book was fun and in the movies were a lot of fun too, but comic books have changed a lot in the last 20 years and they're, they're not as much fun and they, they've gotten very woke. They've gotten very progressive in their politics and they really beat you over the head with it. And unfortunately, uh, Disney has, has really been one of the big drivers of that, uh, in, uh, in the Marvel cinematic universe. And I, I've got this friend of mine who's a big comic books fan. It's just kind of funny because he's about my age. I mean, he's a little bit younger than I am, but he's close to my age. And and he's he's never gotten over his comic book thing. And he's a big collector and you know he buys these things and sells them and, and does all this stuff. Has a lot of fun with it. But but he and I have have talked a lot um about uh, about wokesterism and and all the and how woke the comic books have gotten and, and not just the comic books but also movies and and so much else that's in in pop culture. And really, it's it's the the whole woke agenda has just has ruined uh, comic books. It has ruined the superheroes. It's uh, you know, wokesterism has has ruined Star Wars. You know, the the wokesters are in the process of ruining baseball, and and just destroying you know just a whole huge swaths of of culture, and and making it to the point where there's really nothing. There's there's no place to run. There's no place to hide. You know, no matter what it is you you see or do, you're beaten over the head with this sort of Marxist progressive um, political agenda. And what the Tim Pool was talking about in this particular show is there was a, a a new it's a new series superhero series is being put out by Disney and what's interesting is I guess on these streaming services these executives they they have a way, they, way of uh, of tracking you know you know not only how many people are watching but also if people drop you know if people are watching a program and they and they stop watching and and there's this one particular program that that there was a in fact I think it was the second. Uh, maybe the second uh, episode of this particular series where there was a, a very uh, sort of woke uh, kind of racially charged scene in, in one of in, in this program and people just turned it off in droves. And that was why the title of this particular uh, episode that Tim Pool did, he, he called it, you know, get woke, go broke. And, and that, that's kind of a saying that, that sometimes people use, you know, Oh, you know, you get woke, you know, you drive off your customers and, and therefore you go broke. Now, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to believe that that's true because some of this this stuff that that companies do is is really deeply offensive. And I I remember a few years ago there was an ad. You know, we were talking about how you know I mentioned how um, you know wokesterism has has destroyed superheroes. It's destroyed.
destroying Star Wars, destroying baseball. It's it's destroying companies. It's destroying things like shaving cream for Pete's sake. You know, there was a I don't know, it was maybe five years ago or so, Gillette, the the razor manufacturers, you know, they ran this series of ads that that was incredibly insulting to men. And I used Gillette. You know, I had Gillette razors, I had Gillette shaving cream, you know, and, and it was it was it was a good product. I mean, I used it. I liked it. And, and I never really thought about even changing. But after I saw that those particular commercials, I stopped buying it. I said, I'm, I'm not going to buy products, you know, from people who hate me. Yeah, you know, I don't need to be lectured by my by my uh, my shaving cream manufacturer. And I, I went and I, I got something else. I've used Barbasol ever since then. You know, I found Schick razors. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not going to pay for this stuff. I'm not going to pay people who insult me. It's as simple as that. And and I think that's one of the ways that that people are going. One of the most effective ways, really, maybe about the only effective way that as uh, as consumers or as as fans of comic books or fans of sports or what have you, that, that we can inflict, you know, send a message, you know, inflict a little bit of pain on these companies that. Um, really uh really insult us you know i'm not going to sit here and, and allow a razor company to just insult me and then go out and just buy their product like nothing happened i mean that's that stuff actually really does matter and, and i find it offensive so anyway uh that that uh, in fact i'm going to go ahead i'm going to put the uh uh, maybe I'll put the, uh, the the link to that particular show in, in the show notes here because it, it was pretty interesting. It was about a 15-minute video, so it's not a real super long video, but I think you might find it interesting. And if you haven't seen Tim Poole before, I think you might even uh, enjoy his work. Now, I, I don't know that he's necessarily a Christian. I'm not saying that, but but I mean, he usually has some at least interesting takes on some things and I, I think gives you an opportunity to to at least – uh, he has a fresh take on on stuff. You know, he he's not uh, not on a network. He's got his own servers. He's got his own website and all of this stuff. So he's he's insulated himself pretty well from uh, some of the cancel culture that's out there. And of course, there are a lot of people that would like to see him canceled. But he's actually grown a, a pretty substantial audience of people who, um, at, at the very least, are anti woke. Maybe maybe let's put it that way. So you, you may want to check that out. So as I said, I'm going to go ahead and put a put a link in the show uh, show notes here for you, just in case you you find it. Uh, if you haven't seen him before, I'd invite you to go ahead and at least check him out. I, I think you might enjoy his show. Now, what I, I really wanted to talk about here today's uh, the, the the subject of today's talk. I wanted to talk about inflation, and because I I think not only do we have uh, a current uh, a lot of inflation going on right now, or at least what's popularly called inflation. And I'm going to, going to get to that in just a minute. Um, we've got a lot of that going on right now. I think there's a whole lot more of that coming on the way. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about inflation, about what it is, where it comes from, and and uh, also talk a little bit about what the Bible has to say about inflation. Uh, that might come as a bit of a surprise to you. You know, a lot of times we don't think of the Bible having a lot to say about monetary policy, but the Bible actually does have a lot to say about money. So let's take a look at a few things here. In fact, let me I'm go ahead and uh, share a screen here with you. Hopefully you can see that. Here's a, an article. In fact, this is from uh, CNBC Today. Yeah, it's uh, from Friday, April the 9th. And here's a headline. It says, U.S. producer prices surge in March. 
That's a short article here, but let's uh, let's read through a little bit of it. U.S. producer prices increased more than expected in March, resulting in the largest annual gain in nine and a half years, fitting with the expectations for higher inflation as the economy reopens amid an improved public health environment and massive government funding. The producer price index for final demand jumped 1% last month after increasing 1.5% in February, the Labor Department said Friday. In the 12 months through March, the PPI, that is the producer price index, surged 4.2%. That was the biggest year-on-year rise since September 2011 and followed a 2.8% advance in February. Economists called Reuters, uh, called by Reuters, had forecast uh, the PPI increasing by a half percent in March and jumping to 3.8% year-on-year. The report was delayed after the Bureau of Labor Statistics website crashed. Okay, so let's go and decipher a little bit of all that. So what it's saying is that the prices increased, jumped 1% during the month of March. Now, if you annualize that, suppose that prices went up 1% each month for an entire year, so for 12 months, well, you'd be talking about a 12% uh, annualized rate of inflation. You know, and, and that kind of reminds me a little bit of some of the, the really severe inflation or so-called inflation that went on when I was a kid. I, mean, I remember back in the 1970s. I'm old enough. You know, I, I grew up and I was born in the 60s and, and I grew up and be, kind of became, started to become aware of things in the 1970s. And some of my earliest memories as a kid from watching the news and yeah, I, I was kind of a little bit of a news geek even way back then. I'm almost embarrassed to say that. But some of my earliest memories from from that particular time period were the discussion about inflation. In the 1970s, there was massive inflation, and everybody was talking about it. It was a, a great big uh, political uh, point of discussion uh, with the presidents and presidential candidates. You know, they I think it was Gerald Ford, if I remember correctly. He had this, um, uh, oh, uh, he had like a political slogan. It was, it was, it was WIN, W-I-N. And it, it was a, it was an acronym in WIN, the W-I-N. It stood for whip inflation now, you know, and, and, and you know, and it kind of showed him. I, th- I think maybe he was holding a baseball bat. I guess he was going to go out and, and, and beat up inflation with a baseball bat. I, I, I don't know, but it, it was politics. Anyway, that, that was Gerald Ford when he was president or maybe running for president. I, again, it's, it's been a while and I, I didn't look it up and research it here, but I, I do remember. Um, something like that associated with Gerald Ford. Uh, but yeah, it was a very serious problem. In the early 70s, when, uh, pre- when Nixon was, in the, was president, he actually imposed wage and price controls because uh, prices were, were going so crazy that he imposed wage and price controls, which, of course, what that resulted in was massive shortages of, uh, of goods and services. That, that, that created a major problem. And... Even uh, even on into the, uh, the the Carter administration, the late 1970s, I, re- I remember things got really bad. And as Carter took office in 77, and he was a one-term president. He was elected in 1976, and then he lost the 1980 election to Ronald Reagan. And during Carter's term in office, the uh, they came up with something. And I don't know who developed this. I don't know it was maybe some... Uh, maybe some economists or maybe somebody in, a, in, in the news media. I, I don't know where it came from, but, but they call it the misery index. And in the misery index was the, the inflation rate plus the unemployment rate. And, and that was the misery index. And, 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 you know, both of them were quite high. There was a lot of unemployment. There was, was a lot of inflation. 
And during that time, and, and of course, Reagan, that was one of the things Reagan was able to play on in 1980. And he came out and, you know, he asked people, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And of course, one of the things that people look back on, they said, well, goodness, no, because, you know, inflation's running wild. You know, we've got, you know, all kinds of economic problems. And, and that was one of the things that convinced people to, to vote for Ronald Reagan over, over Jimmy Carter. Uh, in the 1980 presidential election, but that whole decade of the 1970s was a was a time of tremendous uh, rising prices. Now, uh, we're getting a lot of that going on right now. For example, um, I just recently bought uh, I, I buy through Amazon the uh, these uh, these K cups, you know, for the Keurig machines as uh, the coffee. So I, I bought some coffee, and I'll buy a kind of buy a bulk package of these things and you know every few months and i started running low this was right at the end of march early april so i went and i I ordered some went to order some and the price of this thing was was really high i thought i i don't remember the price of this coffee being so much i thought well that can't be right and maybe i'm ordering the wrong thing by accident whatever well i went back in in my order history and i looked and sure enough when i had bought this the last time i bought it was back in early december so we're talking about just four months ago here okay well what i found out is that from early december until around the first of april the the price of this coffee had gone up over 23 percent 23 percent good grief you know i I remember in in fact it's kind of interesting because it brought back some some memories about the 1970s one of the areas where inflation showed itself the most was in commodities you know things such as you know, uh, oil, uh, coffee, sugar, uh, products, you know, like I say commodities of this sort, they just soared in price. You know, and here we see again, this, this tremendous increase in the price of coffee. I give you another example of rising prices here. Uh, lumber, lumber is hitting record high prices. In fact, uh, I was talking to dad today and he said that he stopped by the local, uh, Home Depot and he wanted to go in and price out, uh, he wanted to, was thinking about buying a fence post. Well, last year, I remember I helped him install a fence post because uh, the uh, one of the, the posts in the fence in, in their yard, it, uh, it, it rotted and needed to be replaced. So, so he got this four-by-four four fence post. The thing was, I don't know, probably about maybe eight feet long, something like that. And it was a four-by-four four, four fence post. Well, when he bought the one last year, I think it was... Oh, he's told me it was about fourteen dollars. This is last summer, summer of twenty twenty. Well, he went and priced one out now, and the uh, the price of of the that that exact same item right now was I think thirty two dollars. So I mean, it was up over um, it hit it had more than doubled. You know, in a period of about eh, you know maybe eight or nine months. Now that's extraordinary, and, and that's that's what's happening with. Uh, with lumber. I mean, it's just going up by leaps and bounds. And so there's two things, you know, coffee, that's a commodity, lumber, there's another commodity, and they're soaring in price. I mean, this reminds me very much of what I remember as a kid in the 1970s. Now, when you talk about prices going up, you know, whether it's coffee or lumber, what have you, you know, we generally speaking, um, you know, we talk about uh, that being inflation, you know, we say, oh, well, you know, the, these prices are going up, that's inflation. But that's actually not true. And that may surprise you um, that, that inflation and rising prices are not the same thing. Uh, rising prices are not inflation. Rising prices are the result 
of inflation. So let me explain this a little bit here. And here's, I'm going to give you a few different, uh, slightly different, but but basically the, the same definitions of, of inflation. Now, one very common de- definition of inflation, and I'm not sure who said this. Uh, it's you, you hear a lot of economists say that. I, I'm not sure who's credited with actually phrasing it this way. But one definition of inflation is this, too many dollars chasing too few goods. Uh, so that's that's one way of talking about inflation. Uh, another, and this is maybe a little bit more a little bit more formal definition of of inflation is this. And I got this out of a uh, of Webster's Seventh New Collegiate Dictionary. Now this is a dictionary that was published back in the 1960s, and I purposely bought it. I bought this used, and it's a really a wonderful dictionary. It's it's a great little uh, you know desk reference uh, kind of a dictionary, um, and it was written before all the the wokester. Uh, wokesterism and political correctness and all this other stuff. So that's why I really do like the uh, uh, like that uh, that particular edition of uh, of the Webster's Dictionary, and that's why I use it a lot. But here's the definition that they gave: uh, "quote an increase in the volume of money and credit relative to available goods, resulting in a substantial and continuing rise in the general price level." Now, this definition of of inflation really kind of gets us to the heart of the matter. Notice what it says. It doesn't say that rising prices are inflation. It says that that inflation is an increase in the volume of money and credit. So what inflation is, 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 is the growth of the money supply. Inflation is not rising prices. Inflation is when the the amount of money available in the economy expands very rapidly and abnormally. And when that happens, one of the results is rising prices. So inflation is something that takes place in the supply of money, and that results in prices going up. Now let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share. Uh, do a screen share here with you as well. Here, let me. Let me show you something. Um, hopefully, you can see that here. This is a chart that was published by the. Uh, oh, it's put out by the uh, the St. Louis Fed, the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank. And uh, the St. Louis Federal Reserve, they put out lots of uh, lots of charts and things like this. And this particular chart, if you, you take a look at this, is the is is called the the M one money stock. It's it's one particular measure of the supply of money. Now there are different uh, different measures of of money supply, but I think this one will, will give you a good sense of just exactly what's going on with how much money has been created very recently. Now this chart, if you go back, if you look over here on the the right hand side or the left hand side of the chart, it goes back actually to January of 1959. So this chart actually goes back uh, what uh, 62 years. So it's a it gives you a pretty good sample here. And you can see going here 1960, 1965, 1970, 1975, 1980, you know, you can see you have a slowly upward sloping line here and it starts to pick up a little bit here, you know, 1980, 1985, here's 1990, here's 1995, here's 2000. Um, here's, uh, here's 2005. Here's the, the, the great recession, the 2008 financial crisis. And you can see it takes a little bit of an inflection and it starts growing a little bit faster. And this is just the, again, this is just the amount of the, the amount of dollars that are in existence. So you can see it's, it's starting to pick up here and then look what happens last year. This is February, 2020 here, right? When it, right at, right at the base of this thing. And then it just shoots up. 
it just just shoots up like a rocket, goes almost straight up here. Uh, and, and this is you know beginning in you know I guess what uh, March or so. Uh, in fact, yeah, because back in March of 2020, you might remember that's when Congress passed what they called the CARES Act, C-A-R-E-S Act. And that was the package. And I don't remember what the actual uh, amount of the spending was. I want to say it was like four, four trillion, six trillion, some kind of crazy thing like that. Some, some huge amount of money. And you can just see the, the, um, the, the money supply just shoots up like a rocket. And then it levels off a little bit here, but you can still see it's increasing very quickly. And, and that is just, just here within just, you know, just in, and so here we are right now, the, the chart here, it ends in what, uh, February, 2021. So, so a couple months ago, so you can see we're just on a very rapid, uh, upward sloping curve here in the amount of money. So let's go back to that definition. So, so, you know, the definition of inflation is an increase in the volume of money and credit relative to available goods. And you can see what's happening here. You can just see the amount of money just explodes uh, here over the past 12 months. I mean, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. Now, not only have we had an explosion in the amount of, of money that has been created by the Federal Reserve, you know, when, when, when money supply increases, it's always, it's, it's something, you know, this is something that starts, you know, with the Federal Reserve, um, not only do we have this massive increase of money printing by the Federal Reserve, but we've also had a reduction in, in the number of goods and services available. Now, of course, when you read the, the headlines, you know, they say, oh, due to COVID, you know, the economic activities plunged by such and such. You know, well, COVID had absolutely nothing to do with plunging economic activity. The economic activity that's plunged over the past year has been a result of the government's overreaction to COVID. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I saw somebody today, he was, was I, I'm, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but he talked about the government's uh, overreaction to COVID. You know, he, he described it as, as pretending that a virus that survived by 99.97% of the people is is the equivalent of Ebola. And, you know, and that the desire to breathe freely is is murder. Yeah, that's that's the way the politicians have, have treated COVID. And they have destroyed our economy over the past year I mean, quite deliberately. So, I mean, not only have they printed money like crazy, but they've also decreased the number of goods and services available out there. So what you have is you have too many dollars chasing too few goods, and you're seeing this explosive rise in prices. Again, it's the, it's the rise in prices is the result of the explosion in the monetary printing. And you could also say the reduction in, in the, the number of goods and services in our economy. So that that's what we see going on here, and all of this has been created you know, by by government. It's uh, it, it's been created by government fiat. Uh, it has been created by the government overspending and by the Federal Reserve printing all the money to make to uh, to, to drive all of this this deficit spending. Uh, it's created massive problems. It's created a monster. And and the thing is, we're just getting started with this. I think you're going to see much more uh, inflation in the money supply. And I think we're going to be seeing a, a great deal more uh, in the way of rising prices. Now, one thing that's worth interesting here, as I, as I think I had mentioned earlier, um, is, uh, is the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about inflation. And if, if you read the Bible and you apply the Bible and, and, and what it has to say about money, I think one of the things that, that one of the inevitable conclusions is that God hates 
the Federal Reserve's monetary policy. God hates inflation because inflation is a form of theft. Uh, it, it's a form of taking uh, property that is not yours. And let's uh, take, I just want to take a look at, at a couple of representative passages here from the Bible. There's just a, a very, a uh, couple of short verses here. Here's one from Deuteronomy. This is 2513. It says, you shall not have in your big bag differing weights, a heavy and a light. And you see something very similar to that expressed in Proverbs. This is Proverbs 11.1. One. Excuse me. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, you think about the way uh, business was transacted back in, back in biblical times. What they did, if you went to pay for something, you had to weigh out a certain amount of uh, typically silver. Uh, silver was the, the most common form of money. Think about, say, like when Abraham, and I think this is in Genesis 23, when, uh, when Sarah died, when his wife Sarah died, he bought a field uh, in which to bury her. And the, the uh, Genesis 23, it says that, that Abraham weighed out 400 shekels of silver, the silver of the merchant. And in what they did is they they had a balance and and they would put counterweights uh, in in the balance that that would represent a certain certain weight of uh, have a certain weight and then they would would put silver in it until until those those balanced out and and when uh, of course one of the ways people would cheat is they would have heavy weights and they would have light weights. So if if you were going to pay somebody, say you were purchasing something, you know maybe you would have a uh, a weight that was light, and you would say, "Oh, well, you know, this represents you know ten shekels of silver." But you know, maybe it, it was actually lighter than what ten shekels actually were, and and that way you would would weigh out less silver than than you um, th than you claimed that you were weighing out. Uh, you know, when we we use like the the monetary unit, think of the monetary unit in in the Old Testament was the shekel. I mean, we're all probably familiar with that, and even in uh, in current day Israel, they the the uh, Israeli monetary unit they call it the shekel. Uh, sometimes we talk about saving our shekels, you know, as a as a sort of a slang term for for saving money. Well, a shekel, very interestingly, was was a weight. the The word shekel is related to the Hebrew word shakal. Shakal is a verb, and it means to weigh. It means weigh. Um, and, and shekel is is derived from that. So so it's it really implies a weight. Of something, and, and usually when we are talking about shekels, you're talking about maybe a sh uh, shekels, a, a weight of silver or or a weight of gold. Uh, was typically the uh, the where they were the monetary metals in the Old Testament, and of course they uh, throughout history have uh, have been the, uh, the 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 only really two principally used monetary metals uh, at any rate. And in both gold and silver are are wonderful forms of money. They they fulfill all of the the uh, uh, they they have all the properties that you, that you would want in honest money, but what these people would do back in the Old Testament, as I said, they they would misrepresent the money because they would say, oh, well, you know, uh, th this is a a ten shekel weight, but maybe the 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 weight was actually lighter than that, and so when they would would pay people out, you know, they wouldn't have to put as much silver. On, on the other hand, if if you were receiving payment, if say somebody was buying something from you, maybe you would want to put a heavy weight in the scale, so they would have to weigh out more more silver than than. And what what the actual honest value was, and in in the you know that is a form of theft. They're stealing. They're they're misrepresenting the the weights of uh, the weight of silver. Uh, 
And of course, that's exactly what our, our modern central bankers do is they, they misrepresent the, the dollar monetary unit. You know, they, they, you know, we, the Federal Reserve issues all of these dollars, but they continue to devalue those dollars over time. Now, back in the old days, they would, uh, you know, what they would do is, of course, the, the, the fraud was all done at the point of sale. Now, with our, uh, in, in, in modern times, a little bit more subtle about that. Um, you know, instead of, of having differing weights, uh, differing weights and measures, you know, what we do is we just devalue the, the monetary unit slowly over a period of time. And the Federal Reserve has been in business since 1914. And during that time, the dollar, the, the currency unit of the United States has been devalued something like 98%. So it's lost almost all of its value from uh, just over 100 years ago. And that hasn't been an accident that's been intentional. Uh, that was that was always the plan with the Fed. So, you know, just as, you know, differing weights, or diverse weights and measures, I think, if it's is the way the uh, the King James push it, puts it, that was an abomination of the Lord. That's very strong language. You know, not everything is said to be an abomination. Not all sins are said to be an abomination. But dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. But just weight uh, is his delight. So God hates dishonest money, and he delights in honest money. You know, God hates our current monetary system, which is designed to rip people off uh, for the benefit of of the bankers and some of the other uh, very well connected, um, very wealthy and powerful interests in our society, it, it benefits them, but it rips off uh, ordinary Americans. You know that's that's the whole point of the monetary system, and they do it in a way that uh, that not one man in a million can diagnose. You know that that was a famous saying. Uh, John Maynard Keynes, he was a British economist, and he talked about inflation and how subtle and dishonest it was. Um, now, John Maynard Keynes isn't exactly somebody that, that I think that uh, he was by no means a, a Christian thinker uh, in, in his economics at all. Um, in fact, he was very much uh, his economics were uh, uh, were really very much the almost the antithesis of what the Bible teaches. Uh, about proper economics, but but he was right about that. Keynes was right about that. You know, he said that not one man in a million can diagnose inflation. You know, people. What happens is people go to the store and all of a sudden they notice it's like, goodness, you know, this this can of coffee cost me a whole lot more. This box of K cups cost me a whole lot more. They go to the lumber store and they think, oh my goodness, you know, I'm paying twice uh, this year what I did for the same lumber th- that I bought last year. You know, and and then people start looking around and, and trying to find people to blame. You know. Um, they, they they blame speculators or they blame you know evil Arab oil sheiks you know who wanted to, to sh- you know uh, the you know OPEC or you know they say oh well you know there was a frost in the orange groves in Florida and that's why your orange juice has tripled in price here over the last couple months you know these kinds of things you know they they always find all of these external uh, um, causes for rising prices and you could sit and you could watch the evening news for decades on end and you will never learn that the reason prices are rising is because of the money printing by the Federal Reserve. It's always the Federal Reserve's money printing or if you happen to live in another country. Um, you know, all central banks do this. It's not just the Federal Reserve. Um, the entire system we have of, of money is unsound and uh and it's it's quite wicked you know it's an abomination to god god hates uh the monetary system that we have here in the united states and really in in any other country in the world nobody is sound 
And uh, this is a idea I've, I've wanted to talk about this for a while, but I thought, especially with you know looking at some of the the news that hit the headlines today, I wanted to uh, especially focus a little bit here on, on inflation. So that really wraps up about everything I I had here for today. So uh, thanks so much for watching. It was great coming to you on a Friday. You know, I've been doing these on a on a Saturday, and and I was going to go out and uh, I was actually I like to go walking on. Uh, on Friday evenings after work. Yes, it's, it's so nice here in the spring. You know, it's starting to, it's warmer and it stays light a bit later and all that. And I was going to go out and go walk. And well, it turned out that uh, there was a thunderstorm coming right through the area right at the time uh, after dinner. And I, I couldn't go. So I, I decided, well, I'll just stay here and, uh, and work on doing a, uh, work on doing a program, uh, getting out a, uh, a podcast. So anyway, I worked out pretty well. Actually, I think I kind of like doing this on Friday. So maybe I'll, I'll try to do more Friday programs. Anyway, thanks so much for watching. I really do uh, do appreciate that. And uh, if uh, you uh, if you like this video, don't forget to, to like and subscribe to it. And uh, hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, uh, Lord willing, I will uh, will be back to uh, to have another one here for you next week. Thanks again so much for watching. Really appreciate that. And until next time, may the Spirit of Truth guide you in all truth as you read and study God's Word. Good night, everybody. <laughs>